Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. I am so happy that you are back here listening today to help continue to grow your financial literacy, as well as help you on your path to financial independence as a current or future PA. I truly hoped that you enjoyed the two-part series with Caroline that aired the past two weeks about locum tenens positions for PAs, as well as 1099 independent contractor work. She was a ton of fun to interview, and I really think that she provided a ton of insight and value to all of the PAs out there who are considering those types of roles. I am looking forward to the topic of today's episode to discuss it with you, and it's going to be all about how you can use different strategies and tax planning to legally avoid paying an excessive amount of money in taxes. But first, here is a giant disclaimer. As a reminder, I am a certified PA, which means I am a PAC. I'm not a CPA, which means that I am not a tax professional, nor am I a financial planner or financial advisor of any sort. So it is incredibly important that you not only do your due diligence and research, but you consider hiring help if you feel like you need to and consulting your tax professional about any questions that you have. So depending upon your income individually as a PA and possibly your significant other's income, there very likely will come a point where you ask yourself or selves, how in the world are we paying this much in taxes? And granted, this is a very fortunate or blessed question to be able to ask because it means that your income was pretty good, pretty decent. So it definitely comes from a place of privilege But at the same time, if there are legal ways that you can lower the amount of taxes that you have to pay to the state as well as the country, you very may as well look into these as potential options for you to implement. So tax day this year is actually April 18th, but most tax years it's April 15th and this year of 2022 it's April 18th. If you recall, the tax day also varied the past couple of years due to the COVID pandemic too, which is interesting. So this episode is going to air the end of March 2022. So a lot of this information is more so information for you to consider for the year 2022 to implement for tax season of 2023. However, there are still some nuggets that I will talk about that can actually help you for your taxes of 2021 for tax day of 2022. So I first would like to talk about three different types of investment accounts and how these can impact your taxes. So the first type of investment account that I would like to talk about is your 401k 
that you very likely have through your employer. Now, it definitely depends upon what type of PA you are, what type of employer you have, but I would venture to say that many PAs have 401ks offered through their place of employment. So if this is you, if you want to optimize lowering the amount of taxes you have to pay, consider trying to max out your 401k contribution. This also goes for other types of tax-deferred retirement accounts, such as a 403b or a 457b. Now, again, especially as a newer grad PA, when you're trying to pay off student loans and perhaps feel as though the direction of your money is being pulled into a ton of different ways, such as a house or a car, potentially having kids, etc., trying to max out a 401k can seem like a daunting task. But remember, it helps lower the amount of taxes that you pay in this year, which also means that in the future when you withdraw from your 401k investments, you will have to pay taxes on them at that point, thus the name tax deferred. Keep in mind though, for many people later in retirement, the amount of taxes that they'll have to pay when they withdraw their 401k will likely be lower because your total income will be lower, whether you are truly retired and not doing any type of work, or if you are working on some side hustles or your own business, you might be making less income than your current PA income. So the next type of retirement account that I would like to discuss actually does not help you in this current tax year, but it helps save in following years on pain and taxes. And this piece of advice you are able to utilize and implement before tax day of 2022. And that type of retirement investment account is called a Roth IRA. And IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account. So this is actually a type of account that you would open individually and you fund it with post-tax dollars, meaning that you earn this amount of money, it's already been taxed before it hits your bank account through your paycheck. And since it's already been taxed, it does not save you in your current tax year. However, you are never taxed on this money again if you utilize the funds appropriately and withdraw them in the future appropriately. And the cool thing about this is that you have until tax day, again, which is traditionally April 15th. So very likely for this year would be April 18th, but definitely double check your resources to be able to contribute the Roth IRA limit for the year before. So for 2021. So even though it's already 2022, you could still contribute to your Roth IRA for 2021. And I would actually encourage that you do so if you have some funds laying around or not exactly sure what to do with them. For example, let's say you have $3,000 extra in cash, whether you've sold some things on Facebook Marketplace or eBay or something like that, that $3,000 needs to have been earned income from last year. So you need to have earned at least $3,000 over the year. It can't just be that you didn't have a job and that you got $3,000 from selling things, for example. But let's say you have $3,000 lying around. Well, even though it's 2022, You don't want to put that $3,000 in for 2022. You actually want to put it in for 2021 because you will never get that year back. And you don't know what the rest of 2022 beholds for you. Perhaps you may get extra income in a variety of different ways or perhaps gifted money or something like that that you could allocate towards your Roth IRA. Once you have opened a Roth IRA through a brokerage company, 
You can do so through Fidelity, Vanguard, etc. Once you put the money in there, you would then have to select what to invest it in. Same with your 401k through your employer. Your employer utilizes some type of company that very likely will pre-select options for you to invest in, but it's your job to actually look over those and see if you agree with them or not, or if you want to make changes. But for your Roth IRA, because you open the account, it is then very important that you take the next step to actually invest the money so that it's not just sitting there like it would in a bank account, earning you nothing essentially, and actually losing value with time due to inflation. So again, I can't provide individual investment advice, but many in the financial independence community are huge fans of low-cost broad-based index funds, and the major brokerages certainly have those as options for you to invest in. But it can be very appropriate to also consider REITs or bonds or a variety of different investments as well. The third type of investment account that could help you with some tax savings would be contributing to an HSA. So if you recall, HSAs are health savings accounts, and many view these as truly a savings for upcoming healthcare expenses. And very certainly, that's the purpose of them. However, they are also amazing stealth investment accounts. And the reason why HSAs are so awesome is because they are triple tax advantaged, meaning the money that goes into them is tax-free, the growth is tax-free once they're invested, And then the money that comes out of them is tax-free as well if it's used for qualifying medical expenses. But if you make an HSA contribution, it overall lowers your taxable income, which can help you a little bit with some tax savings. As a reminder, not everyone qualifies for an HSA because you need to be able to have that offered through your health plan options. And also you need to consider whether the high deductible healthcare plan that offers an HSA is a reasonable plan for you. If you are a high utilizer of healthcare services, perhaps a plan with an HSA option really wouldn't be the best plan for you. So you definitely need to do your research and decide if that's the case for you. But just like a Roth IRA, it is super important that if you have an HSA, that you ensure that the funds in there are invested so that you can earn more with time, unless you're pretty confident that you are going to be having to use your HSA funds coming up in the near future if you don't feel like you have a sufficient emergency fund for expected medical expenses. If all of this talk about investing and retirement accounts and Roth IRAs and 401ks and HSAs and index funds is a bit overwhelming, please go ahead and go back to episodes 12 and then episode 13 to take a listen to investing strategies for PAs. And those episodes go further into depth on these topics. Another type of way to help you with some tax savings could be working as a 1099 independent contractor. And if you haven't already taken a listen to the last two episodes, episodes 58 and 59 with Caroline, please go ahead and take a listen to those episodes because she shines some light on what it's like working as a 1099 independent contract worker as a PA. And if you are an independent contractor, you are essentially a business that is hired to work as a PA. So there can be many types of business expenses that can be included to help lower your taxes. Speaking of a business, you could also consider starting a small business or a big business if you're ambitious as well. 
but starting a business also helps with some tax savings. Again, you can have many qualified business expenses that can help you with some savings as well. You can have many deductions if there are different things that are necessary to run your business. Additionally, depending upon your business, you might be able to deduct a home office if you use it appropriately and if it qualifies. Another way to legally reduce your taxable income and helping avoid to pay an astronomically high tax bill would be to consider investing in real estate. And I've touched on real estate periodically in some of the past episodes, but my husband and I have not yet directly invested in real estate. We've invested in REITs, but that is a passive type of investment. It's not considered direct investment, so we don't get any tax benefits necessarily with that. But If you were to decide to invest directly in real estate, if you feel like it's a good fit for both you and your family and your significant other, there can be quite a few tax savings. Even if you don't invest directly in real estate and you own a primary residence, you likely can have a tax deduction on the mortgage interest of your primary home. But if you own rental properties or if you invest directly into real estate using syndications or private funds that are not REITs, then it can help you save on taxes on the income because of depreciation of the property or properties. Again, I am by no means a real estate investing expert. So if this is something that you are interested in, make sure that you do your research, read some books or blogs, or listen to some podcasts, or potentially even consider taking a real estate investing course. Ultimately, though, for tax-saving questions, make sure to consult a tax professional. The final way to help with reducing your taxable income and save you on some taxes that I'm going to discuss today is donating to charity. And there are many different ways to actually donate to many different types of charities. If you are similar to me, you likely have donated via cash, credit cards, even checks, over the course of time. And this can help you save some on your taxes, but it's likely not the most optimized way. I have not done any of these other ways yet of donating to charities, but they are certainly something to consider. And one is to consider setting up a donor advised fund or donating appreciated shares from your taxable account to a charity. These two options likely will help you be able to have more of a deduction for your taxes when you donate to the charity. Obviously, donating to different charities just for the tax benefit is probably not ideal. You certainly want to research which types of charities or religious organizations that you would like to support and donate to, but it is a nice benefit that it can also help you a bit on your taxes as well. So we have discussed several different strategies for you to consider as a PA to legally help reduce your tax burden. As a reminder, if there are any questions, please consult your tax professional. And also please note that all the information in here certainly is not exhaustive or all-inclusive. There are a lot of other ways you could reduce taxes, but these are some of the more straightforward, more simple ways to do so, as well as the ways that I think that many PAs likely could benefit from if they are wanting to. If you have found the information in today's episode valuable, I really hope that you consider sharing it with another PA friend or colleague, family member, or 
your significant other if you are trying to work with them on a tax saving strategy. Additionally, whether you are a newer listener to the PA the FI Way podcast or a longtime listener, I really encourage you to take a moment out of your day to write a written review on the platform that you are listening to this on, because those written reviews help other PAs find the podcast so they can benefit from the information also. When this episode airs later in March, I'm going to be attending my state PA conference, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm also going to be giving a lecture for the PA students that's going to be a virtual lecture about finances and financial literacy, so I'm really looking forward to that as well. I'm also really excited to share with you soon about how I'm going to be doing my best to add more value to you throughout the upcoming year. I have a lot of different plans and ambitions and goals for PA the FI way, and I'm excited to share more soon. So thanks again to each and every one of you for taking a listen today, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week, same time, same place. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.